In his book, Priests for the Third Millennium, Cardinal Timothy Dolan tells a story about a friend of his from the Archdiocese of St. Louis, a man named Father George Lodes. Back in 1962, Father Lodes was in Rome, and he had the privilege of meeting Pope John XXIII, now Pope St. John XXIII, canonized not too long ago. He met the Holy Father along with a number of other priests. And when they met, they all stood side by side, and the Pope moved down the line to greet each of them one by one. And each of the priests introduced himself and then told the Holy Father what he did. The first one said, Holy Father, I'm the president of a university. And he knelt in front of the Pope and kissed the Holy Father's ring. The next said, Holy Father, I, I teach in a college. The third said, I'm a hospital chaplain. The fourth said, I'm the chancellor of my diocese. And on and on the litany went. Well, Father Lodes felt a little bit embarrassed because his ecclesiastical credentials paled in comparison to the others. So when the Holy Father finally reached him, Father Lodes leaned over and very softly said, Holy Father, all I am is a parish priest. Well, in response, the Pope immediately genuflected before Father Lodes. He kissed his hands, and then he rose to his feet and said to him, That is the greatest priestly ministry of all. When I told that story in a homily several years ago, I ended it by saying, And who am I to argue with a pope? <laughs> now I say, And who am I to argue with a pope who also happens to be a saint? Pope St. John XXIII understood the importance of a parish. He understood the importance of a parish in forming disciples for Jesus Christ. After all, he had grown up in a parish himself, as most Catholics do. Paragraph 2179 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church says this about a parish. It is a place where all the faithful can be gathered together for the Sunday celebration of the Eucharist. The parish initiates the Christian people into the ordinary expression of the liturgical life. It gathers them together in this celebration, it teaches Christ's saving doctrine, and it practices the charity of the Lord in good works and brotherly love. As we celebrate the 60th anniversary of St. Pius X Parish this weekend, we thank God. We thank God for how these words of the Catechism have been lived out, how these words have been experienced here in this place for the past six decades. You know, in my mind, there are three purposes of a parish, and I base these on what the Catechism says in that text I just read to you. Purpose number one of a parish, to bring people into a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, and to empower them to live his gospel of love. Purpose number two, to help people 
sustain and deepen and, if necessary, restore their relationship with Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. And purpose number three of a parish, to help people to prepare themselves to meet Jesus Christ, their Lord and their Savior, when he comes to them as judge. This, by the way, is why this passage from Mark 13 on divine judgment, which we heard as our gospel reading today, this is why that text is so appropriate for a parish anniversary Mass. Although I will admit something, I'll admit when I first read it the other day to prepare for this liturgy, I didn't think it was so appropriate. I said, Lord, this is a heavy-duty reading. How can I relate this to the anniversary? But it relates very deeply. It's appropriate because when all is said and done, the most important moment of your life and my life, of every human life, is the moment when we will leave it and meet Jesus Christ as our judge. In fact, that's the ultimate reason for a parish's existence. It exists to prepare people for God's judgment and hopefully for their eternal reward. You know, a parish can have the greatest programs imaginable, can have the greatest social activities imaginable. If it does not prepare people to meet their Lord and Savior at the end of their lives, all those programs, all those parties, all those great things won't amount to anything. They won't matter at all. Today, we thank the Lord. We thank God for how this parish has fulfilled these three purposes since 1955. We thank God for the many good priests who've served here over the years as pastors and assistants, and the many other priests like Monsignor Strzok and now Father Judice, who have helped us out even in their retirement. They, didn't, they don't have to do anything in their retirement, but they've given of themselves to help us here. We thank God for how they have assisted the members of this community to build and sustain their relationship with Jesus, and prepare for their eternal destinies. We thank the Lord for those who have responded to the call to serve from this parish, in the priesthood, the diaconate, religious life. And we thank God in advance for all those who will respond in the future. Yes, we do have a number of young people right now who are discerning a vocation. Praise God for that. Not every parish can say that. We thank God today for the witness of so many married couples in our community who've been married 40, 50, 60, in some cases 70 years. Couples who show us that even in today's crazy world, permanent lifelong commitments are still possible by the grace of God. We thank God for the good, holy lay people, the many good and holy lay people from this place who have been spiritually formed here and who have then gone out and are currently going out to do great things in God's service. I hope you're aware of it. This is a special place. A very special place. Why do you think I've stayed here all these years? I know a great parish when I see one. And so do other people, some of whom are not from this parish or this town, 
or even this area. Give you one example of what I'm talking about. Two Sundays ago, after the 10.30 Mass, I locked the doors of the church, as I usually do after the final Sunday liturgy, and I went out to lunch with two old friends from my hometown of Barrington. Came back about two o'clock. They dropped me off at the rectory. As I was standing out on the front lawn, they had their car in the driveway, and I was talking to them, saying goodbye to them. And as I was doing that, I noticed a car pulling into the church parking lot. A man got out, dressed in a white Dominican habit, like Father Jordan Toronto wears, and he started to walk toward the front doors of the church, obviously with the intention of going inside, which he was not going to be able to do because I had locked the doors a couple of hours earlier. So I came across the street to meet him. I didn't recognize him at first, but once he said his name, Father Nick Ostriaco, I remembered him from the talks he gave at one of our priest conferences two or three years ago in our priest study days. The talks had to do with medical moral issues. Father Nick is a biology professor at Providence College. He's a brilliant man, he has his doctorate from MIT, and he does research in addition to teaching at PC. So I asked him what he was doing in little old Westerly. He said to me, well, I was on my way back to PC from New York, and I decided to stop and visit your church. You know, I've heard so much about St. Pius over the years, and I've always wanted to come here. I was really hoping that I could see the inside of the church and pray there for a little while. Well, I was happy to let him in. And we talked for a little while longer, and finally I left him here to say his prayers and commune with the Lord in the quiet of the church on that Sunday afternoon. Now, what really struck me about Father Nick's request, and I began to think about this after he left, is that what he said about St. Pius' church is what people normally say about important shrines in the church. When I visited St. Peter's Basilica, for example, for the first time, probably about 1998, my reaction was to say, wow, if you've been to St. Peter's, you know what I'm talking about. It's a wow place. But I said, wow, you know what? I've heard so much about this place over the years. I've always wanted to come here. I've always wanted to pray here. I said the same thing about Lourdes and about Fatima and about all the other mega shrines I've visited in my life. Father Nick Ostriaco said that about us. So, in effect, did our own bishop. You know, during the past year, as many of you are aware, they've had special holy hours for vocations in various parishes throughout the diocese. And we were given the privilege of hosting the very first one that they had back in September of 2014. Well, you know, a few days after that event, Bishop Tobin sent me a very nice note, very short note, which read as follows. 
Just a note to thank you and your parishioners for hosting and participating in our first Holy Hour for Vocations last week. St. Pius X Parish is a spiritual powerhouse in the diocese, and I knew that you and your faithful would be welcoming and supportive. Please continue to work and pray for this important intention. A spiritual powerhouse. I can't think of a better compliment that any bishop could give to any parish anywhere in the world. It's humbling and it's gratifying at the same time and it should cause us all to thank and praise God. Of course, we can't rest on our past laurels. Remember what Jesus once said, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is unfit for the kingdom of God. There's an awful lot of work to be done here in our community, more work here and everywhere else in the church for the salvation of souls and for helping those in need. That work, as our Holy Father has reminded us lots of times, is everybody's responsibility. Everyone in the parish has a role to play. But you know what? I'm really confident. I'm very confident that that work will continue to be done here at St. Pius X. After all, think of what we have going for us. We were founded on September the 8th the birthday of our Blessed Mother. We came from a church dedicated to her and to her Immaculate Conception. And we have as our patron saint one of the greatest saints of the 20th century. With two heavenly intercessors, intercessors like that, Our Lady and St. Pius X, we can look forward, I believe, to many more blessings from God over the next 60 years and beyond. Amen.